Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we ask you through the power of the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our heart, to transform our mind, to renew it, so that we see Jesus, we know Jesus, and proclaim Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we began one of a, a conversation about one of the fundamental aspects regarding being a Christian. It is being born again. And I want to ease, ease us back into that topic a little bit because this is born again part two. So last week we covered two things, the necessity of being born again and the cause of being born again. The necessity of being born is so great that Jesus said you can't see, you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You see, to be a Christian is to be born again. Let's go with the text. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The necessity of being born again is so great that you can't see, you can't enter in the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And there's a big difference between knowing about the kingdom of God, knowing about Jesus, and actually entering into the kingdom of God and receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you were here last week, you might recall that uh, I talked about a stick shift car and that I had a yellow Vega and I learned how to drive that car so well I could drive it without the clutch. Yes, you can do that. I also talked about teaching our daughter how to drive a stick shift and the near, the near death experience I almost had. Um, but there was a difference between knowing how to drive a stick shift and actually doing it in a similar manner. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus, about even just coming to church on a regular basis. There's a world of difference between all of that and receiving Jesus as the Christ as your Lord and Savior who has redeemed you from your sin. That's the necessity of being born again. Now, the cause of being born again, we talked about there was a little bit of a word play. Jesus said you must be born again, or you could say, literally, you could read it or translate it as, you must be born from above. So in this case, Jesus is indicating that your birth is not your cause, that it is the cause from above. You must be born from above or you must be born from God's will. So Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So Jesus said it. Paul affirmed it. Peter confirms it as well. 
He says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, okay, you might say, all right, good, I get that. I understand that. But it's very difficult for us to actually grasp this one central point, that God alone is the sole cause of our being born again. This is one we, we want to fight against, and we, we actually just don't trust this fully, that God alone is the sole cause of our being born again. Now, if you were here last week, I also showed you some of my f- wonderful artwork. I mean, it, it rivaled Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel, right? I showed a stick figure <laughs> on the water above saying, help me, God. And then I showed another stick figure actually at the bottom of the lake because that's where we are before Christ Jesus. You and I are dead in our sins at the bottom of the lake and we can't do anything. And this is really hard for us to accept because nobody, nobody that I've ever met wants to admit that we, apart from Christ, are nothing but a sinner through and through to our very core. I mean, how many times have you seen this on the news? That there uh, is a reporter and she's interviewing a neighbor And the reporter says, did you have any idea that his basement was full of dead bodies? And the person says, no, they seem like such a nice person. I I can't believe that there are dead bodies in the basement. And then they cut away to, to, it's generally the mom. Come on, admit it, right? It's the, the mom and say, my son would never do something like that. He's a good person. Even in spite of all of the evidence that we have, we want to hold on to at the core, there's something good in us. But Scripture tells us that we are corrupted from the very beginning. And we are not children of God, we are, we are children of wrath from the very beginning. And we want to deny that too. I mean, most of us, right? Everybody, aw, go, you you can say aw, right? There's the baby, aw, what a cute baby. This baby could not be corrupted by sin. But how did this baby go from this to this? I like the one in the middle, right? It's always like the, the... temper tantrum meltdown in the middle of a store and you want to walk away not my child how did that child become like that well how about did the child become like this (laughs) you've seen that haven't you there was a speaker one time, uh, and he was talking about how he was at the kitchen sink washing some dishes, and his son came up bef- behind him and said, can I kill this? Now, the speaker was thinking, well, it must be a, like a rabbit or a mouse, and he turned around, and the this was his brother. Can I kill this? So how did this child become like that? Did somebody teach them? Or is that by their very nature? See, you have to teach them not to do things, right? 
This is what we call original sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. This is the doctrine of original sin, that we are corrupted through and through. Even King David, wonderful King David, he said this, Psalm 51, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Thus, the cause of our being born again cannot be us. It must be by God alone. Now, you might think I might be belaboring this point, but this is such an important point that if you move off this point, you ultimately start to change the nature of God, you certainly change the nature of man, and you also change the nature of your own salvation. If you move off this point, then it becomes that salvation is, God's, is either your work alone or God's work and your work combined. But salvation is by God's grace alone. It is not God's grace plus your work. And there are many people, certainly in America today, who believe that, well, I start it, God finishes it. And we say, no, it's from God, start to finish. So, the cause, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, so that no one may boast. Now, if you want to boast in your salvation, boast of how great a God we have, and how much grace he has poured out on us through Christ Jesus. If you want to boast, boast in that. So, that's, in essence, what we covered last week. And that cliffhanger, well, how does this happen? Right? How does this happen? So, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is, every, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Notice what Jesus did not say. He did not say, follow these ten steps, and you will be born again. He didn't even say, follow these five steps. He didn't even say, repeat certain words in this paragraph, and you will be born again. Because the fact is, it is the work of the Spirit, and being reborn and being born again is a work of the Spirit, and you cannot control the Spirit. Go back to what Jesus said to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Look, i got to come down here for a moment, because this is hard. This is hard stuff. The Bible says, to be saved, you must repent, believe, receive, be born again. 
But the Bible says you're dead in your sin and you can't repent, believe, receive, and be born again. And yet, as Christians, we repent, we receive, we believe, and we are born again. You can't, and yet you do. And this is why we call it grace. It's all grace. And there's a tension in there, right? We call it a paradox. It goes beyond our logic and reason. It is not unreasonable. It is not logical. It goes beyond what we have the capability for. It is a paradox. And so you and I must simply let the paradox stand and not try to solve this paradox. Because if you do, first of all, you will have to go to the drugstore and stock up on aspirin because you will get a headache. That was funnier in my mind. See, when you try, when you try to resolve this paradox, you start to change the nature of salvation. You start to change the nature of God's grace. But there are people who will come up to you. I've had people come up to me and said, when were you born again? And they want you to be able to pinpoint the exact time They want it to be a thunderbolt experience, a cathartic experience, because if you can't pinpoint the time, if you can't have a, if you didn't have a cathartic experience, it invalidates your faith. This happened because of the revivals in the 17 and 1800s, because they focused on the emotion that you had, and it was the emotion that you had that therefore validated that you were born again. And if you didn't have that, you weren't born again. But when you have to pinpoint people down, and you have to make sure that they have had a cathartic thunderbolt experience, what you're doing is you're making the subjective experience the measure for being born again. You start to make it a work of man, not a work of God. You see, some spiritual births are dramatic and some aren't. Just like natural births, some are dramatic and some aren't. There are some births that are long, you know, over days it takes. And by the way, as a man, I can't fathom that what that's like. As an aside there, I, I was teaching a communication course one time where we were talking about empathetic responses, and a guy actually said, I told my wife, I know what you're going through. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised he was alive to say that. <laughs> Some births are long, they are hard, they are dramatic. Sometimes they end up with a cesarean birth because there's a lot of things that you're being born backwards, you've got to be taken out, all of that stuff. And yet, some births aren't. Some natural births don't take long. It has been reported to me. A, a one woman said it was about an hour, maybe two now, I'm just reporting, right? I'm just, don't, don't take it out on me. I'm just reporting. Some spiritual births are dramatic, some are not. 
just like some winds are dramatic. For some, a spiritual birth is huge, and it is a wind that knocks you down. It is a bolt of lightning that strikes at your very core. Think of Saul on the road, being blinded, falling to his knees. Think on the day of Pentecost, when thousands of men said, what should we do to be saved? Because they were struck to the heart. Think of the jailer, the jailer who asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? These are dramatic births. But with other people, some winds are gentle. They're not even really aware of the wind. And at some point, they say, I believe. I believe. The jailer took Paul and Silas to his household, and that night, they were all baptized. Now, it doesn't say anything about them having a violent reaction. Would, does, does that make their faith invalid? Does that make their baptism invalid? We would say no, because it is the work of the Spirit. The point is this, that dra- drama, 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 or lack of drama, does not determine your spiritual birth. Just like if you were born in a dramatic birth, naturally, you're born, right? Or as a gentle birth, you're born. The same with your spiritual birth. The fact is, you are born again. But you might be thinking, well, how can I know? How can I know for certain that I have been born again? Well, let's go to the text. Because there's a number of ways you can know if you've been born again. It says... Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, here's where grammar comes in and is important. In your text, it actually says, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit. But here, just for our edification, I took it out because there's no the in the Greek language. It actually says, Unless I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit. It means they are connected by grammar. They are connected. It does not say unless one is born of water and then born of the spirit, or one is born of the spirit and then born of the water. These two things go together, water and spirit. Now, some might argue that Jesus is referring to water as the amniotic water, water from birth. Later on, he says, he distinguishes between the two. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of water is water. And he meant amniotic. He said, you must be born of flesh and spirit. But he didn't. He said, you must be born of water and spirit. Now, some people have tried to say, well, this is the water coming down from heaven, like a rain that cleanses us. I am not persuaded by that reasoning. It would seem clear in this case that water is water. Same water that you and I drink, the same water. Sorry. Thought since it was here, I might as well take a drink. It's the same water that you and I drink. It's the same water with which you and I wash. 
And by the way, the word spirit here is capitalized, meaning the Holy Spirit. Thus, the means of being born again is water and the water and spirit. Now, let me ask you, where do you find in Scripture water and spirit together? You can say it. Where do you find it? Baptism. Baptism is where we find water and spirit. Look, the promises associated with baptism are this, that God will regenerate his people. He will liberate them from the moral bondage of original sin. He will cleanse their souls from guilt. He will purify them so they can enter into a saving relationship with him. These are all the promises associated directly with baptism. It's the same message as the gospel, isn't it? Isn't the baptismal promises the same promises of the gospel? Therefore, baptism confers all divine spiritual blessings just as the gospel, because it is water connected with the gospel promises of grace and salvation. Well, some of you might be saying, how can water do such a thing? Water by itself cannot do anything. But when water is with the word of God through the Holy Spirit, it confers on us all of those blessings. There's much, much more to be said about baptism. If any of you are interested on the resource table in back, there is a handout that I have created a small booklet on baptism. Now, there's some other ways you can tell if you have been born again. We're going to go, if you want, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 5. I've got it on screen. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Everyone who loves the Father, uh, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So there are a number of things within this text that tells us what it means to be born again. How do you know if you're born again? You believe that Jesus is the Christ. Two weeks ago, we first covered the gospel, and we talked about how Jesus being the Christ is important. Not knowing about Jesus, but receiving him as Christ, which means that he died for your sins, and that he was buried, and that he rose again all according to scriptures. You cannot say Jesus is the Christ. He is my Lord and Savior, and believe that without being born again. You have a love for our Father and for others. You know, in our reading from Ezekiel, talked about how God would give us, replace our heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, Right? How many of you have seen The Grinch That Stole Christmas? Yeah? 
Do you remember at the very end, the Grinch finally knows what Christmas is and what happened to his heart? It grew so much, it practically burst, right? If you are born again, all of a sudden you have a love that you didn't know before. You have a love of God the Father that you did not know before. And this love is not just affection, but the word is agape. It is a deep, abiding love that says, I give myself to you. And then all of a sudden, you also have a love for others that you didn't have before. A love for your brothers and sisters in Christ because they are your brothers and sisters now. You have a family. So it is a love that expands. It is also a love now that keeps his commandments. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome to us. When you were growing up, did your parents ever say something like, that's not how we behave in this house? Yeah, I know your parents must have said something like that. That's not what Wilfers do, or that's not what Johnsons, or that's not what, you know, fill in the blank. And when you were young, I bet you didn't react necessarily kindly to those instructions. But sometime when you grew up, there was a point you kind of go, that's who I am. I am that. And I don't do it because it's burdensome. I do it because I am that. When you are born again in Christ Jesus, by the will of God through the Holy Spirit, there's a point you say, I love him. And I want to follow him. And I want to obey his commandments because I love him. This is the love that you have of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you want to follow his commandments. And then finally, you have assurance of victory over the world. Your assurance comes knowing who Jesus is and what he has done, and you cling to his promises, not your own, but his. And you have faith. I'm going to give you an example of faith. A lot of people who say they're Christians say, yep, there's Christ, like a chair, right? I've studied that chair. I've looked it over. I know its origin. I have, now I have faith in that chair. I do. I have faith in that chair. I could sit in that chair anytime I want. I, 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 well, I think I have faith in that chair. Do you understand that this is no assurance Christ Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and He upholds me throughout it all. And because of how He upholds me, I have full assurance in victory over the world. This is what it means to be born again. Now, you and I, if we are born again, we should have that assurance. And yet, like children that we are, 
We often, um, we often don't act like part of the family, do we? We often don't act like part of the family. So two questions for you. Are you born again? This is a question that you must answer. And then are you living as one who is born again? And we will pick that up next week. What does it mean to live as one is born again? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your work done in us. We thank you that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And we continue to pray that we are directed, we are guided by the Holy Spirit as your children. We praise you and we thank you, gracious God. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. If you have any questions or you would like to grow deeper in your faith, please visit our website at joyccc.com. Again, that's joyccc.com.